Guys, we're here with the beautiful, the stunning, the multi-talented Aaron Moriarty here for this amazing film, Catching Dust. I can't wait to see it, first of all. Got to talk a little bit about Boys. It's my uh -huh. favorite show. Oh, my God. What's well, been the highlight for season three? Season three highlight. I mean, season three highlight, I feel like, would have been quitting the seven because I feel like it's the show has been building up to that moment of me quitting the seven. Um, and then also that just poses like we just finished our most recent season, season four, and, and what can we expect oh in, in so many words? I'm, I know, like it, the funny thing is, if I say anything in detail, I'm going to get shot down by some <laughs> Amazon snipers. The below the belt show is closed. Caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up, goes down. That's right. It's time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, your host with MF and Most. <laughs> Here for your weekly pleasure, guys. We have an incredible panel. Panel. We have an incredible panel comprised of all thespians, not lesbians, but thespians, and <laughs> all actors. All performers and talented people, if you would. So let's go ahead and, and introduce the uh, the crew. Uh, let's start off. That's right. He is affectionately known as the once and future king, the last Numenorian, and one true knight. He is the one and only Martin Lopez. As always, a pleasure to be on here making inappropriate anecdotal comments. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a once and future king does. Mm. It's good to be the king, as Mel Brooks would say. <laughs> it's good to make the statement that a uh, royal statement, that a, a decree, if you will, that a king uh, uh, and his royal presence. Uh, and uh, let's go ahead and, and introduce also another actor extraordinaire. He has some very, he's also a king of sorts. He's a co star king. <laughs> the one line wonder. <laughs> Vinnie Mac, Vince Eisenson, actor extraordinaire, back on BTV. It's been a minute. It is good to be here. That is my one line. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we have so much royalty here. I mean, the co-star king, the once and future king. And um, can we also uh, introduce another royalty on the panel? Uh, the NASA queen. Yeah. <laughs> can I call you the NASA queen? Yes. I, I guess if you'd like to, sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, joining us from the West Coast. Um, she's a fixture on the That Was Disappointing podcast. Uh, she's also an actor extraordinaire. We're doing a gender neutral now, right? There's no actress. Uh, seems like a lot of uh, uh, female um, 
performers want to be referred to as actors now, but is that accurate, Kelly? I guess that um, we're all I've, actors. I've mostly just said, you know, I'm an actor. Whenever you know someone wants to know, um, I don't know. I've just never really gotten into saying actress. I don't know if it just some a lot of people have a negative connotation connotation with the word actress. They think you're ditzy. I think the only kind of. T- <laughs> I think it's it seems to be very relevant in, in award shows where there's gender categories. But other than that, yeah, it seems like actor is the uh, the appropriate term. I mean, I guess there's a lot of discussion whether they should combine the genders into one category for awards, or do you do we feel like maybe there's less opportunities when they combine? You know. Because there's less uh, nominees, so it's kind oh, yeah. of uh, every, every time you com- you combine categories, less people win. That's true. right. Yeah. Less we should not going to let that happen. Maximum categories, right? Like yes, like, yeah. And then you have the case of um, Vinnie Mac's co-star uh, from Billions, Asia Kate Dillon, who is non-binary, who claims to be you know not part of either category. And mm-hmm. see, uh, that's you know, genius. Sh- then you're up for all possible awards. There you go. <laughs> there but you go. I guess that's you, possible, you could have somebody right? in a season both be both the, the best actor and actress. You could take home both trophies. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we, we're still in this strike, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, a lot of actors uh, are, uh, you know, uh, working on a lot of commercials, maybe doing print stuff, maybe not really acting uh, much at all, maybe doing theater or stage. Uh, since we're all performers here, uh, is anybody staying busy on the panel? I've worked twice this year, so yeah. <laughs> good okay. job, Cal. Yes. Yeah. Which is which is very good. So, uh, I mean, y- yeah. <laughs> now, when you say work twice, I think this is good for people to know. So, what what does that mean for? Well, uh, one of the projects, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, we made sure. Uh, with, with SAG that we were still okay to go to shoot, you know, during the strike. And they said, no, you guys are clear. So, you know, we were trying to be respectful of that too, but, you know, we also got to continue doing what we love to do as well. Yeah. And was it like a day or two or like weeks and weeks? Uh, no, this was my, my stuff was just for a day. So, um, and I think, I don't know if we're going to be shooting anymore. We might, they might expand um, the roles so we're still waiting um, on what the director wants to do but yeah it was it was a very short shoot which is I think we could have done a little bit more I think we were a little rushed um, in trying to get <laughs> a lot done in a very short amount of time but you know it's up to the production what they want to do as well too sure okay. are we allowed <laughs> to talk about what the project is no nope. okay not yet, crazy. <laughs> not, yet. <laughs> not quite yet not quite yet of course nope but you gotta love the um the SAG interim agreement because uh, I can talk about Turf Valley, right? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, yeah. Yes, Turf Valley, uh, starring Vinnie Mac himself, Vince Eisenson. I'm happy to be uh, joining uh, season two in uh, a little bit of a, a better role than a cameo from season one. Uh, I guess I'll just got promoted to recurring. Yeah. Yes. Oh shit. Yes. Uh, I guess I could get to announce it because Turf Valley has has been a part of the SAG interim agreement, so we're allowed to shoot during this time. And um, it's a high-quality production shot here in Maryland. And um, I'm just really, really stoked to be a part of it. Vinnie Mac, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic show. It's about three stay-at-home dads. Yeah, it's about, it's about three stay-at-home dads. <laughs> I'm back, I'm back. 
the world expands and uh, without giving away any season two plot points, we, we, we do learn there are a lot of stay at home dads out there in the world. And um, I'm not exactly sure if Al's character is one of them, but I, I think he might be. He just might be. Yeah. There Dude, you go. Put, there you go. put in a wreck for your boy. I live in Maryland and I would crush a stay at home father. Yes. We got to get Lopez on there. We would be an excellent stay at home dad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's quite a step up from uh, banging on the bass guitar on stage in season one with the Lemon Gentleman Band, which is a lot of fun. Lemon that's Gentleman Band. That's right. Yes, the Lemon Gentleman. <laughs> so we already that's know the show is quality writing. That's good. There you go. I love it. There I love it. And uh, it was good to dust off the the Fender uh, jazz bass for uh, uh, some time on stage with Vinnie Mac as you uh, very expertly lip synced uh, <laughs> a Million Miles, this amazing song that you can hear on, of course, YouTube.com, Turf Valley Show, I believe. Turf Valley Show on YouTube. You got it. Make sure you check it out. Episodes one through seven are available already for your viewing pleasure. Wait, uh, do, you re- do you really play the bass? I do play a little bit of the bass. I wouldn't say I'm on the uh, the uh, Primus Les Claypool level. Uh, <laughs> or the How do I know not this? That's fantastic. I love that you're a bass player. A red hot chili peppers flea, uh, flea level. But, uh, you know, I've been there to hold, hold, hold the bass line um, on, on some simple things. Yeah, tunes. you did. You did. Yeah. Martin, do you play? I'm a guitarist. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, Martin's a fantastic guitarist. He's uh Heard him shred. I think you shred here on Below the Belt show a couple of times, you know. So did I ever? I don't think I played for you guys. I think you did. I think you did. I think we we yeah. uh, did BTB virtual. Uh, you would know it's your show. Yeah, <laughs> I do recall you shredding a little bit for us, which is really really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Turf Valley uh, was a lot of fun. Um, Martin, you had a, a film in Atlanta. Um, is there any yeah. more news on that? No. No, no, I'm still in post-production. Post-production. Wait and see when with. There's, there's a few files on my phone. I still got to send them. I'm a little annoyed about that. But those, we, had, we had to, like, shoot this part of the movie where, like, the scene we're enacting is, like, me and uh, the my wife in the, in, the, in the film are, like, doing a, a recording thing. And then they wanted to, like, juxtapose back in this. But for continuity, they had to use my phone. But they're all on Apple, and I use Android. So now it's a whole thing. Oh. yeah and i'm like i'm like it is not in my contract to know how to do this stuff with your files i don't i was like i'll mail you my phone anybody you can do whatever you want with it just don't ask me to understand the technology it's it's i'm a medievalist i'm a medieval historian <laughs> i'm guilty of, the Andro- of being uh, the loyal android user and when people try to send me stuff from iphone it's very pixelated because they don't yeah, they don't gel very well. Yeah, know. and you know it wouldn't be that hard for them to fix that. It's just both Samsung and Apple being pissy about it and not, oh, yeah. not communicating with each other. Like we yeah. know this, we can fly to Mars, damn it! You can figure out how to make these phones talk to each other. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I'm on a group text with uh, um, several friends, and um, eleven of us have iPhones, and we didn't realize that our one other friend wasn't actually in the group. And he missed like a little get together that we did, and he found out later, and he was really upset. So we added him to the group, but he has an oh. Android. And so now, mm-hmm. when people reply, it's breaking up the chats into multiple text things. And mm-hmm. some some of the chats have like only ten people in it, and some of, some other chats have eleven. But we found out that 
on some people's phones, there's only one group chat, but on mine, there are five and I have to just literally figure out, but it's all the same chat. Oh, it's just, so, so just adding him as an yeah. Android user just screwed up the yeah. whole thing. Well, yeah. Uh, so like on, on, on our end, on Android, the stuff comes through normal, but I hear like I'm in three of these scenarios, three yeah. of these now contested relationships with friends who are iPhone users. And the complaint is that you guys don't get the colored bubbles any like from us. That if it's, it's just a different color. Uses, I mean, if you text another iPhone person, color. blue. If you text an Android yeah, person, blue green. And green. green. Yeah, us, us Chromagnon and Android users came in and you don't get your pretty colors anymore. It's a whole thing. <laughs> green, green is the color of money and success. So, you know, I mean, exactly. Yeah. that's how I get, that's how I look at it. So, uh, but uh, nonetheless, if you're an iPhone user, Android user, you know, it's uh, the end of the day, we're able to communicate. So that's all that matters, right? But, you're right, uh, it is green. I never noticed that. Until yes, now. you're right. <laughs> you never appreciate what you have until it's gone, Vinny. You don't, really. Yep. Damn. And when we switched over, people were complaining in our group. And they're like, uh-huh. why is it green? And it's like, because there's an Android person on it. It was, it was hilarious. Like, yeah, we're not going to kick them off now. Yeah, I'm going to send the link of this show to the whole chat so that they can all watch it and feel vindicated. Like, we told you, man. Like, oh, wow, I never knew this until now. You learn something every day. There you go. Wow. Oh, man. Good job. That, that, done. that camera on the Android is just so superior on the, the, the Android right. See, right? Yes, I think yeah. it's uh, superior to the iPhone camera. Yeah, you know that's one of the uh, one of the features that uh, definitely definitely surpasses that of the of the uh, iPhone. But uh, I digress. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh, a parting shot before we move on. <laughs> but let's go ahead and uh, talk about. There's a lot of uh, cool stuff going on in the uh, the entertainment industry now that the writer strike is over. Uh, they actually have some films in production now, so that's kind of interesting to talk about. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about some it stuff dropping in Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, Benji and Joel. All right, number one at the box office. The Exorcist Believer. Wow. The reboot uh, uh, raked in $27.2 million. Um, apparently, Universal had to pay $400 million for the rights to um, reboot the movie. And I guess it was, um, yeah, I guess they, they can definitely uh, make that $400 million back, I'm guessing, with $27 million just for the first weekend. So that's, um, yeah, oh, you know. Oh, man. That's going to be a tough finish line to cross. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm assuming that was just domestic. Yeah, that was just domestic. Yeah. That's yeah. That. mm. And it's in October (laughs) too. I mean. Yeah, but globally, globally, forty-five million. So that's also not. Still, still, yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's, yeah, that's that's still far away from. Because remember, if 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 they had to spend four hundred just for the right, you, you're looking at like an eight hundred and fifty million break even point. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 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 So that's the right. So let's see. I mean, I think they intended to, for this to be a trilogy. Yeah. Um. So we will see. Um. But they also have some big competition next week to stay number one because. Taylor Swift's concert film, The Eras Tour, drops <laughs> next weekend, and you know, um, I'm hearing that one's gonna be one to contend with, that's for sure. 
So can I ask a question about that? Yeah. So isn't, how is it a movie about a tour she's currently doing? Or was that a previous tour, this Eras tour? No, I think it's a current tour, but tickets are so hard to come by. You know, you might have seen a lot of Taylor Swift memes. Or so you can go to a theater and watch an actual concert? You can watch uh, the, the concert film of the mm-hmm. very hard-to-get-tickets-for-Taylor Swift concert. Oh, so it's like you're at the concert, but you're just at a movie theater. Oh, okay. I thought it was like cameras had been following her around on the tour, and they quickly threw a movie together or something about like, yeah. how she got ready for the tour. Okay. Uh, that's so that's the a beautiful concept. So you can pay concert prices to not be at the concert. Got it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I imagine this will be like just like any other movie ticket price. It's not gonna break. It's a pretty bank. good deal then. If you're a Swifty, you I mean, I ain't going, but yeah, that's smart. And a lot of people that's, got screwed getting tickets because of the whole true. Ticketmaster server ah, yes. issue. So maybe this is a compromise, yeah. I guess. Are you a Swifty fan, uh, Kelly? I mean, I like her stuff, but I'm not up on her stuff. And, you know, and now everybody's losing their minds because she is or isn't dating that football player. I mean, it's just like anything she does causes chaos. Travis Kelsey, yeah. And I'm like, what is happening? Why? I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old. What is the? So I just heard, like, last weekend a song, and they told me it was Taylor Swift. I never knew which songs were hers. I was like, okay, that is a good song. Do you know which one I'm talking about? The really popular one? She has oh, she has a, a bajillion popular ones. I mean, that she's could be any of them. Like the I largest artist on the planet so right much. now. What's it's the one really that one song of the year? It's a popular musical number uh, <laughs> from this current era. Uh, um, it was good though. It's a banger. It's like uh, about partying or. Being... Oh, is it? Uh, is it the? Um, it's Let me guess. not is, is you. It it's me. Breakup? I'm the problem. It's me. Is it that one? No. no that's popular. I'm never gonna figure it out. Okay. No. I, I will mean, while you're uh, talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's a hit maker, so it could have been around for a while, so she's several, a lot of hits. But, but yeah, Martin, she does tend to talk about uh her breakups. breakups. Yeah, everybody's I'm, super excited about her and this guy. I'm like, you don't want her happy. She doesn't make music when she's <laughs> happy with a boy. Her life needs to go tragically wrong so we can get another album. That's, that's I saw somebody show. say that the other day. They're like, can this relationship like hurry up and he can like cheat on her so she can go around another album? <laughs> I wonder what kind of song she can put together for Travis uh, Kelsey, you know? I don't know. Like kind of a, a football. But is it official that they actually dating? I mean, she, yes, she was at the game. They're definitely She's dating. at the games. Oh, okay. Couple games. Uh, but people's dating lives in Hollywood anymore. People but. say that uh, the ratings have spiked, so it's a win-win, you know? Did ticket prices go up for his, his team or for the game or for whatever? The, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they know she's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ratings have gone up. I, I'm sure the tickets are, you know, at premium uh, prices uh, that weren't affected by Taylor. But the jersey. I, th- I, think, I think the jersey sold out. Yeah, the jersey. Yes. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's one aspect of it. Um, but yeah, that would probably be the number one movie. I mean, that's just the, what the <laughs> box office is predicting. Um, and then of course we have the Paw Patrol movie, uh, number two, uh, which, um, earned another 11.8 million and then saw X, um, the 10th in the Saw franchise earned another 8.2 million for the third place film. I didn't even hear about that. I didn't know that was a thing. Saw X? You didn't know? Yeah. yeah. Ah. I heard it was... I, I've lost track, and I like the Saw movies, but this is the seventh Saw film 
starring Jigsaw since Jigsaw was killed. Yeah. So, right. wow. Talk right. about yeah. blowing your load a little early there. Right. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's a very interesting way of saying that, Diddy Mac, for sure. Oh, man. And then, of course, uh, uh, in terms of the top, rest of the top five, uh, The Creator, which, man, I- I'll tell you, that Creator movie, I need to see that movie. It just looks amazing. It's all yeah, about it cool. AI. The war mm-hmm. AI, and it's uh, directed by Rogue One's uh, Gareth Edwards. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, man, um, they actually only have a budget of $100 million, and in order to do that, they used consumer cameras, I guess cameras that you can get off the shelf, but used a very high-end lens. Mm. Oh, so, so they, they, used, they used Android phones. Gotcha. Yeah, they <laughs> used Android <laughs> Well, they used, I, if they I'm correct, yeah. no, I'm curious to see it because they used, I think, the Sony FX3. That's right. And not to get gear-heady, but... It's like, yeah, that's often like a B camera on pretty lower budget stuff. And they're like, fuck it, we're going to shoot the whole thing on this. Which is great for Sony if it looks good. Because they're going to be like, look what you can do with our, you know, $3,000 camera, however much it costs. It's not not too expensive. And somehow they were able to to make this amazing movie at under $100 When you have like big blockbusters like Indiana Jones, for instance, for three hundred million, you know. Yeah. So the creator, I mean, uh, it, it looks really, really amazing. Um, that I can't wait to see it. I, I don't know. I just haven't had the time, guys. But uh, as soon as I do get the time, I will. And rounding out the top five is Fathoms the Blind about the Duck Dynasty patriarch Phil Robertson. <laughs> um, and it's a. Uh, 3.1 uh, million and it has a domestic total of 10.5. So those are top five movies. Um, there was um, a film that, for whatever reason, only average... Can we take a moment to laugh at that? What the hell? I mean, <laughs> yeah. not only is that, I mean, God bless Doug Dynasty, but that was what, like at least a decade ago that that was right. anywhere near popular? And some yeah. random film about Phil made ten million. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. He, was was he like the old ZZ top looking guy? <laughs> I, I think, think it's the was. younger years. The younger oh. years of the uh, the Duck Dynasty. In fact, I know one of the actors uh, in that film. <clears throat> Shout out to Aaron Dallavilla, who is in a movie called The Wrath of Becky, which uh, is a very crazy slasher sequel um, that you should check out if you get a chance. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And um. Interesting enough, there's a movie that launched in 350-some theaters and only averaged about a grand at the box office, which is uh, pretty crazy. And, and what's crazy about this is uh, it stars Anne Hathaway, and it's a film called Ooh. She Came to Me. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, um, it's one with Peter Dinklage in it. And yeah, with Peter Dinklage. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm guess, star cast. But... You said it grossed $1,000? A location average of one $1,014. Location. Even still, that's... Wow, that is sad. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the location average, you would multiply that times the 300 theaters. That's... Uh, um, which, still, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, it still seems rather low. Um, but that was one of the films that received an interim agreement from SAG to promote the film. Was it, was it controversial? Was there, like, some reason why, like, 
humanity would choose not to go see it. True, because it stars Peter Dinklage, and that guy is right. the man. Yeah, you know? and generally speaking, like any film will have some viewers on weekends. Like we get bored. Humans are looking for stuff to do. Yes. <laughs> What's it called? Absolutely. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. What's this thing called? It's called She Came to Me. Came that's a good. That's a good. Good. I'm curious to see what's up. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should watch the trailer. It's. It's. Yeah. It's, so it's basically, pretty interesting to watch. Anne Hathaway stars as a therapist turned wife to Peter Dinklage's character. It's an opera composer. But at the end of the film, um, Hathaway's character is a therapist turned into a nun who answered that she felt that she had a higher calling. So there you go. Um, 46%. That's higher than I would have thought for. Yeah. 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 We've seen Rotten Tomatoes tours of like 8% in the last three years. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's through two uh, powerhouse actors and Peter Dinklage and Ed Hathaway and uh, Marissa Tomei. I mean, damn. What? Oh, Mar- <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. yeah, she's a major part of the, she. It, yeah, she's, she's a major part of the film. Wait, you saw there it? You go. Kelly, no, you I, saw but it? I've seen the trailer oh. several times. I mean, I can tell yeah. you what it's about if you want me to. But I gotta say that's a novel concept. So, if you're a husband and your wife leaves you to become a nun, can you technically be upset because if she's marrying God, you can't be bent out of shape that you lost to the Almighty? <laughs> I happen I mean, to have experience with this, and no, you're up. very happy real? for the person. Yeah, no my way. previous ex is off is going off to be a monk. So, a monk? and it's the oh, perfect wow. choice for him. See? And we didn't even need to have like the breakup conversation. Um, and I fully support him going off and doing what he wants to do. I mean, we're still great friends. We still talk all the time and everything, but. Yeah, he wants to be. You say we still talk all the time. Yeah, I mean we're still friends and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, he's a sweetheart, and we dated for about four, four and a half years. And uh, he was just spinning his wheel trying to do, uh, you know, jobs that he wanted to do, but he never really went anywhere with those jobs. And so I said, you know, I can see how miserable you are at you're not being able to achieve what you want. So go go off figure out what you want to do and then you let me know and then he said okay i've come to a decision and he's he's a very religious person anyway so it fits completely with his personality and his also his family history he has a uh, an aunt that's a nun um so i you know i support every step of the way as he becomes um a monk and i think he'll eventually decide to be a priest as well too but it's the perfect life choice for him so yes you gotta baby step your way through yeah, I love that story. You made my whole night. I love that story. Oh, we're good. I'm good. Did he say? Uh, so my first degree in school is medieval studies, so oh, I know man. way more about the church than anybody did. So I had to like watch it. Did Did he declare an order yet? Uh yes. And I, it, it's not as it's not the Franciscan. Damn, that's the only one I know. Gregorian is that another one? No. Augustinian. No. <laughs> He's English. So I think it's an English. I I should know because he did tell the me. The orders they, they have no racial or national connotation. <laughs> no, right. They don't. I'm saying he's from there, so I don't know if yeah. this, the like the um, college he went to. It's tied to his college back in England, but mm-hmm. um, he's going to become part of the community in at a at a, um, a church establishment in St. Louis. So they're mm-hmm. sort of like sister monasteries um 
I just can't remember. So I, I definitely know because Franciscan was the first thing I'd said, and he was like, no. Right. Um, but uh, I can't remember what it is. Do you, yeah. get a, do you get a, a salary as a monk? No. They, no, they, they provide everything for you. They provide, yeah, they provide, provide your food okay. and your housing yeah. so, and your service to your community. Right. That's great. So, like, yeah, if you join any of the holy orders of the Catholic Church, you just agree to forego cash. Like, you never touch it again. And, like, they'll always give you a place to stay, and you get, like, an account with, like, monthly money I thrown think. in for food. But, like, from that point forward, your goal is, like, m- money is not your concern ever again. You're yeah, you live a life it, of you poverty and Save service. it. Yeah, that goes. That's pretty cool. Wow. He's also wow. he's also a knight. Oh, he's actually actually not knighted by the queen, but he uh, he's part of the 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 knighthood um, that uh, does like religious pilgrims pilgrimages for Christians. Um, and uh, it's it's a um, modern day version of the Knights Templar. So he's actually I've been to the knight ceremony where they knight you and you know and they knight dames as well too. So it's I love this guy. I want to become best yeah. friends with your ex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a he's a pretty cool dude oh, oh wow well you know uh even though he's living his uh life and and, and what he inspired to, to do um sadly you lost a, a partner in that but uh hopefully that uh you know that wasn't too bad big of a step back for you was it kelly no no i almost could see it coming that's why i was like i need you to go off and figure out what you're gonna do yeah, like if if it's something that makes somebody happy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I no, I fault somebody I, for that. Yeah. I, like I said, we didn't even have to have like the breakup conversation. Like I drove him to the airport to right. fly back to England, and you know we hugged in line and cried, and we both said I love you, and and he's like, all right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, I mean, so it was just we knew that yeah. that was just the natural end of things of that part, right. that chapter for the two of us. But we're always going to remain very close friends. Very nice. Yeah. Kelly Christopher, wow. you're cool people. That's a healthy perspective. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I try. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, uh, how can I follow that with, with talking about a, a Thanksgiving holiday slasher called Thanksgiving? That's a natural segue. Though. I mean, how, I know. How, I, yeah, that's... I kinda, but uh, you know what? I don't think I've, I don't recall a holiday slasher set in Thanksgiving. There's been a lot of yeah. Christmas ones, right? No, I'm excited. Christmas There've been a ton of Christmas. There's been probably an Easter bunny, a killer bunny, or some shit like yeah. that. There's certainly been Leprechaun. Oh yeah. But yeah, Thanksgiving hasn't quite been touched yet. Yeah, that's a very awesome. I'm excited to see this one. That's yeah, a yeah. new concept because I mean, how many relatives thing. get on your nerves during Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> <laughs> The creepy yeah, uncle who's been drinking too much. Yeah, uh-huh. I can see a lot of. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the backdrop. Yeah, your your uncle drops, you know, something racist one twelve, and you're like, that's it. <laughs> or brings up Donald Trump, you know, and yeah. uh, you no know, more carving could... turkey. You're carving your relatives. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The weapons in this movie are all Thanksgiving um, utensils, like mm, the turkey but, baster uh, and ooh, and the, the plugs for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mashed potato, the the turkey carver, the knife, and there's one in particular that really made me cringe. Was um, uh, I guess they're kind of like they hold corn ears of corn together. I guess. Oh yeah. Or you use it. Oh, you yeah, use yeah. it to, and and uh, the the killer, <laughs> killed, I guess, killed the girl by impaling her eels ears with the, that corn corn of the cob holder. It was very. <laughs> 
Oh man, it was very. <laughs> they that do that crazy. in the trailer. You saw that in the trailer. It was in the trailer. That's the thing. Oh, the, wow. These trailers now are graphic, and it it yeah. just seems like the past five years maybe that that they include very graphic trailers with with the, the bloody violence and the, the f-bombs and everything that you expect from the movie and i think this is something new and i'm, I'm liking it you know these red band trailers you know yeah it's, yeah you it's can't tease anymore they, it's too there's too much at stake people won't see yeah. stuff so you have to be like here's what you're gonna get i promise you'll like it you'll have fun come see it there you go that's yeah, exactly now, what now i want to see the corn on the cob thing so i'm gonna see yeah, it. yeah. You know oh my god whole, like 10 year window from like 93 to 2003 where if you saw the trailer you knew it was going to happen in the movie yeah they're like they put like the critical scene in every single one the cliffhanger yep. like you're like all right I, that's how the movie ends i mean i guess i'll check it out yeah yep. yeah so that's coming up of course in november november 17th uh uh easy enough to guess um rick hoffman then, great actor he's gonna be in it oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah. And um, also um, Addison Ray and Patrick Dempsey, mm. uh, M- Milo uh, Mannheim, and Jalen Thomas Brooks, to name a few. Rick, and Rick, like you said, Rick Hoffman and Gina Gershon. So, yeah, that's the cast. Um, interesting. There is a, a Jatham Statham film. They call him the the last old school action hero. Um, I guess. I guess you could say that he is. I mean, you know, you still got Tom Cruise working. You still have, uh, um, you know, the Expendables movies. But, um, but anyways, he's got. It's an interesting title. It's called the Beekeepers. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, I guess he's just. Um, well, it's just the name of the, the agency that he's a part of. They're a clandestine off the books agency uh, known as the Beekeepers. So. Mm. Um, Statham's kind of the, yeah, he is kind of the last dude who's like, I just do this. I don't even pretend to do drama or yes. stuff. I'm yes. just a reliable action dude. That's it. He stays in his wheelhouse. I give him that. I'll give him that. You know, Rocky I mean, I clock shadow, use your tough guy voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then you have action heroes like John Cena, you know, doing those romantic comedies and those. So, you know, sometimes you have action heroes that can branch off. Dude, Cena has range. Things. He's hilarious. See, that's the thing. He has range. Cena's yeah, I, I, range. I think he's better at comedy than anything. Like, yeah. I'm not sure I want to see John Cena in, like, a Terminator movie. But I see him in anything satirical, I'll totally go right. see. He crushes those roles. Yeah, so he's an example of someone that can go beyond the action hero and, and do a little bit more. Dave Batista, another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly enough, The Rock... I don't know about The Rock. I mean, he's 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 really great in his wheelhouse, but he's he... always The Rock, though. He's not acting. That's the he's thing. The Rock in a yeah. new scenario. And those are all WWE uh, <laughs> former WWE superstars. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, um, well, John Cena still a current su- superstar. He yeah. because of the strike, he decided to go back to uh, WWE oh, he for back. a while. Wow. Yeah, because he was actually in the middle of a production that he couldn't name because of the strike. And then he's like, well, if I can't, you know, work on set, then I'll go ahead and go back to WWE for a little while. Hop back in the ring for two months. Yeah. Until until the strike is over, he will <laughs> he will be uh, wrestling. He just had a match on uh, the last WWE pay-per-view. So this it's makes big... me wonder how many actors like went back to porn during the strike. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> Martin was able to abstain somehow. Yeah. <laughs> That's admirable. 
Thank you. That's great, man. I love it. Give it another month. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Speaking of sticking in their wheelhouse, Kevin Costner coming back to theaters in a Western. So he quit or walked away from Yellowstone, which is like a modern Western. And now he's got a movie called Horizon, an American classic. And it's going to be in two parts. The first one will open in, on June 28th. And the second one will uh, open on August 16th. So interesting that he's uh, just sticking to what the fans are. I guess it's kind of smart. You know, you're, you're going to get these Yellowstone fans to uh, tune in. Um, you know, I've yeah, never I, been big on the Western I've genre. I've seen person. it, but I heard people like loved it. Has anybody seen it? Horizon. Oh, you talk about Yellowstone, right? Yellowstone. Yeah. Oh, Yellowstone. I've seen like two episodes. I've seen a couple episodes. Not enough. Vinny, it was intense. You... The two I yeah. saw, intense. Yeah. Yeah, it it's, a, like a, good it's a brutal show. All right. I'm not, Western is a hard sell on me. I don't know. It's uh, it's not a genre that I've uh, that is must see TV for me. But yeah, same deal. It's not my my cup of tea. Yeah, you know, like good ones and good ones. Like I don't like westerns, but The Quick and the Dead is fucking phenomenal. There you go. There you go. Um, this movie you're probably up your alley, uh, Martin Napoleon. This will be uh, from Ridley oh, Scott. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, that looks amazing. Ridley Scott just said he'll have two versions: the theatrical version, mm-hmm. and then a four-hour director's cut on Apple TV. Goddamn wow. right. <laughs> That's crazy. What is up with these directorial cuts, man? But you know, and Zack Snyder did a six-hour Justice League. He, so. he, he learned he learned his lesson. Uh, Ridley Scott's different. Whenever they let Ridley Scott put something for three hours in the theater, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Wins every award on the planet. Yeah. And whenever they make him cut that shit down to like two hours and ten, forget it. It misses stuff and it's not good. The theatrical yeah. version of Kingdom of Heaven was problematic and made little sense. You stick another 40 minutes in there for the director's cut, it's phenomenal. Everything lines up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Interesting. Yeah, did you, did you ever see the movements? No, I didn't see either version. I didn't even know oh. there was a director's cut. But yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Did anyone see the Justice League director's cut? Did you feel oh, it yeah. was better? Yeah. I see. I thought it was better. Way better. Yeah. Way yeah, better I, than I did too. It made more sense. <laughs> It made way go. more sense, was more satisfying. There was much more of a, a reasonable arc. Yes. And, uh, like, yeah, the inclusion of Darkseid alone. Freaking amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The, it was a completely different Darkseid than what we saw. And a, a glimpse at the rest of the, the new gods, I guess. But nonetheless, that's a chapter that's closing. Um, but um, there's a, a really good trailer, man. This this is kind of sad because this guy, Angus Cloud, you might know him from Euphoria. He he's mm-hmm. a really good actor. He's one of those guys that just got picked on the street in Los Angeles and became a, yeah. a you know, a, you know, part of a hit show in Euphoria. And uh, he's got this movie called Your Lucky Day, where um, there's a couple that wins a mega ball, mega ball instead of mega millions, I call it mega ball, mega ball mm-hmm. jackpot lottery ticket, and then he overhears them and he holds them hostage and he he, he takes the ticket and. Um, yeah, it's it just basically just leads into a big uh, firefight with the cops and, um, and, uh, yeah, it's crazy because the, the couple had won, had a winning ticket of $156 million. Woo, man, that, uh, that's life-changing money right there. And, uh, you know, of course he, he plays a kind of a tough guy character on uh, euphoria. So he was, he was really good in that role. So, 
Well, I mean, that's honestly nothing to take away from plus, but like, that's who he is. Like, yeah, he he had a criminal life in real life before he played yeah, I know. TV. So it wasn't exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's like and it's, it's, the same thing was true with like some people they used for the wire. Like the young lady that played Snoop is straight Snoop. north of North Avenue. Baltimore. Yes, like, from the streets. Yeah, I heard I heard that she missed her first like their first call back when they were like going to really look at her for the show. She missed it because like she had to go get her cousin out of jail or something like that. So it's like, well, OK. You're the you're the right genre. It's yeah. amazing how people like <laughs> there's so many actors out there that are, are are working their ass off to get on television and film and in the principal role and sometimes they'll bring somebody off the street. Mm-hmm. There's another there's another movie called War Pony directed by Riley Keough that basically has all these first time actors. They're all Native Americans. They're all part of a tribe and they're basically playing themselves. Mm. But when I watched the film, I was kind of blown away by the fact that all these actors were first time actors. And it's just, you know, kind of blows my mind. Some how you can, I guess if you have a natural inherent ability to act, um, I guess you can do it I, without all the training and all the, uh, says the, a lot uh, for nepotism. the of acting. Yeah. When yes. can just step on the set and do it. Apparently. Yes. I know. Right. Man, yeah. Some of those opportunities, man. I mean, I mean, then again, we 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 have friends, Vinny, that that get their first co-star, after, you know, with no acting too. Well, so. yeah, David Simon it's, really. If it's a David Simon production, they they want the real thing over the actor. So, yeah, not, not that you can't be both. You could be both, but right. Yeah, I find that to be very very interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, moving on before it kind of gets me a little heated up. Moving on. Um, uh, we talked about this movie, The Beast, with Leah Sado and George McKay. Um, it just has a really super um, cool premise. Um, and it was a part of the Venice Film Festival. But it's a near future where artificial intelligence reigns supreme and human emotions have become a threat. And then we have a character, um, Leah Sado's character, attempts to purify her DNA by going back into her past lives where she reunites with her long lost love. Um, that's really fucking deep <laughs> when you're talking with AI and purifying DNA and stuff like that. So, um, sounds like it, a brave new world by Aldous Huxley. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause in, in that, like the major root of all evil is human emotion and it's in a apocalyptic future. They've suppressed it. They've gotten rid of it because it's the problem. Okay, I can see the parallels of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. And then uh, we mentioned the Furiosa movie. They just announced that it will be a part of the uh, 2024 Cannes Film Festival where Mad Max Fury Road debuted uh, back in 2015. So, um, and of course, Furiosa is going to be a prequel, it's not going to be. Um, a sequel, if you're, because um, they actually cast Annie Taylor Joy, who looks nothing like Charlize Theron as the younger Charlize Theron character, the Furiosa character. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like they should have probably went uh, the aging CG just to keep. I mean, I mean, Annie Taylor Joy looks like the sexy alien with these big eyes, you know. So like she looks yeah. nothing like Char- Charlize Theron, you know. But apparently, the audiences want to believe that she's the younger, younger version of that. So. Um, that'll probably be worth a look. Um, 
Angela Jolie has kind of been quiet lately, but she is uh, returning to the screen in a biopic called Maria. And it's um, it's based on a uh, opera. Yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. a based on an opera singer, Maria Callas. And uh, it's from the director of Jackie and Spencer and I explore the life of legendary, iconic and controversial singer described as the original diva. So that's one biopic. And then you well, got Jackie, Chris Rock. Hopefully it's better than Jackie. That's all yeah. That was a piece of crap. Yeah. Oh, should, am I allowed to say that? Moving on. No. <laughs> it was a total snooze. Fit. I mean, what a pretentious yeah. junk. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't see Spencer, but I hope this next one's better than that. I, I Yeah. Wow, that was a terrible movie. Well, if you can if you can get um, Kristen Stewart a Golden Globe Award, I guess they did something. <laughs> that's true. Spencer might have been good. Yeah. Yeah, Golden Globe, nah, I don't think she won. But uh, um, now this is interesting because Chris Rock is known for his comedy, although he has tackled some big drama roles, but he's actually directing a drama biopic on Dr. Martin Luther King with Steven Spielberg as executive producer, and it's going to be called King A Life. King Colon A Life. So um, it's an adaptation of, of the acclaimed biography. So, um, interestingly enough, one of my first roles that made me a SAG member was um, Cut a State, and Chris Rock uh, directed me. This is uh, way back when. I think Kelly, you were part of that show when we talked about how we got our SAG card, and that's when yep, I became uh, mm-hmm. SAG eligible from that film. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, wow, speaking of uh, incredible duos, I mean, Al Soto and Chris Rock, that's a good duo, but I think... I think Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling's combined star power that made Barbie, you know, 1.4 billion makes sense to work on a different movie. And now they're working together on an Ocean's Eleven movie. Um, this is going to be a prequel movie, um, and it's going to reunite Margot and uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, the Australian version of Margot Robbie. That is. <laughs> Not to be confused with Mar- Martin's Margot Ro- version of Margot. <laughs> yeah, my Margot. Yes, yes, your Margot. But uh, oh, that's Which cool. The Russian I mean, version. The Russian version, yes. <laughs> the Russian version of Margot Robbie. But uh, this this particular um do I mean, dude, I mean, Barbie was a freaking smash hit, you know, and uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, In yeah. fact, um, Margot is like. You know, produce extraordinaire because she's not only going to be producing that film, she's her luck. Her production company is called Lucky Chap, and she's going to uh, collaborate with Brad Pitt's production company uh, for a remake of the 1934 classic mystery, The Thin Man. Um, okay. Yeah, and apparently previously Rob Marshall and Johnny Depp were about to star, direct and star respectively, but they scrapped the project, so they're. No, I'm able to bring it back again. So, um, let's see. Um, Cyberpunk 2077. Apparently, that's gonna have a an all new live action feature film. There have been several uh, very successful video games. In fact, Idris uh, Elba did um, motion capture for one of the games, and I the games have yeah, the games have sold more than 25 million copies. Yeah, and, Netflix just did a solid series too. And they did a solid, they did a series based on Cyberpunk as well. Cyberpunk, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like an eight-episode anime, and it was it was good. There you go. 
So I think the the logical thing would be a live action movie. Yeah, it'll look um, cool, man. I don't know if the story will be any good, but the effects and the fighting should be fucking awesome. It should be fucking awesome. <laughs> and then um, some new news on Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So this is uh, the swan song for DCEU. Apparently, there's Johnny Depp fans that actually paid the court fees uh, to release the uh, Amber Heard's uh, therapist notes, I guess. Oh, and she and those notes those notes actually revealed a lot of things about the movie apparently um amber heard claims that jason momoa was intoxicated on set mm-hmm. and he actually dressed like johnny depp with all those rings on his hands she and, always has um, jewelry like that yeah that's what it looks like all the time and appar- apparently he had pushed to have amber booted uh from the role as uh as Murrah. And apparently the notes say that Jason wanted to be fired. Jason was always drunk. He was late on set. He dressed like Johnny. He has all the rings. Apparently Momoa declined to comment. But yeah, uh, you just, just don't touch that and leave that pile of crazy. Leave away. that as it is. She's yeah. already been diagnosed as having some kind of uh, mental disorder. So, um, but uh, apparently some insiders say that he's not dressing like Johnny Depp. He's always dressed in that bohemian style. Yeah, and he works. He work, and he works his ass off. Yeah, and he likes to have a beer every once in a while, like everybody. But he doesn't show up drunk to set. So apparently, Dude, he's universally beloved. I've never heard anything shady about. Yeah. Him. So it's it's you know I guess yeah, Amber's on a witch hunt. You know. Yeah. To take, uh, and like and if there's anybody Jason who down. could walk around being a dick, it's that guy. He's huge. He's jacked. He's handsome. Like he but like <laughs> apparently he's like ridiculously polite and nice to everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And uh, did you see the trailer yeah, for it? She's in for yeah, all of a millisecond. I, she's in a millisecond <laughs> at the end. <laughs> so apparently, uh, she has been rumored to be removed from two big scenes one action scene where she's fighting Black Manta, and another scene where she's, I guess, um, making love with Jason Momoa's character because they said their, their chemistry was not non existent. <laughs> So I well, I think you can imagine yeah. why that would be. Uh huh. Yeah, Poor guy's exactly. just trying to get through that scene with his career intact. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, can I get yeah. twenty witnesses? And they're like, everybody, everybody sees everything, right? Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now uh, it's interesting because Guillermo del Toro talked about how he was almost going to direct um, a movie centered on Jabba the Hutt, which I think that's interesting. You talked about it on the Happy, Shut Sad, up. Confused podcast. I know, right? Job of the Hutt. I mean, he's the the ultimate the crime lord, uh, the big giant slug. Uh, As a non-Star Wars fan, you know, I might actually want to see that. You that want to see Job of the Hutt? kind of is intriguing to me. It's yeah. intriguing, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I love stuff by Guillermo del Toro. So, like, I generally see anything he'd make, but I just, yeah. it's so weird that Job of the Hutt would be... But he's so good with creatures, you know, yeah. Shape of the Water and uh, oh, I guess that makes sense. Pinocchio. Like if yeah, if you're doing like all Jabba Hutt's creatures and all the different ways he kills people and like, all right, yeah. now that I'm starting to see it line up. I I was a little too quick with the gun there. He says the script is really good, but Lucasfilm did decline to make the movie, so it had been shelved. But he has no ill work, ill will towards Lucasfilm. But. but uh, they just got rid of Kathleen Kennedy like two months ago. Guillermo, take another pass at that shit. 
Yeah. Is that yeah. true? Because I still see her uh, accredited on Ahsoka, which uh, we should get into next. That, that was already in the can. That was already in the can. Okay. Yeah. Kathleen has been released of her duties? From Lucasfilm, yes. Wow. From Lucas. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, they did it all quiet. Wow. Ooh, they did it quiet. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I guess uh, now, now Star Wars is going to be a lot better. Now. <laughs> A lot of a lot of people blame Kathleen Kennedy for the I do. some of the the crappier uh, Star yeah. Wars projects, but did you did you catch Ahsoka's finale, Martin? I did. What did you think, man? Let's just talk about how great it was. I mean, it's just it was fantastic, the, man. Yeah, the good and the bad. I'm not sure I'd use fantastic, but okay, that's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> like I love all the stuff with the Night Sisters. I like yeah, aren't they you know, cool? Throwback to Dathomir. Like I always loved yes. that storyline, and I was super stoked to get like more of it um but like you know me like i'm a script guy like to me like there's no substitute for good writing and like none of this story like tracks like so they can like sense ahsoka coming from 5.8 million light years away but for the last however many years they haven't been able to track down ezra uh, Ezra, who's like 20 who's miles just, away, who's 20 like, miles away. This, this makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> like, that's a very good all. point. I read yeah. that in an article like that. You're absolutely right. Like what? I mean, is he oh, that like, powerful yeah. in the yeah, force? Yeah, I care about can, story like... continuity. Yeah, and then the last two episodes, we get them sending like legion after legion and hunters and all this equipment like to kill these people. When they don't have to, they just need to leave. They just need to fix their fucking ship and leave, which is what they eventually do to screw the people over. So, yes. like, it's just they need an adult in the room who, when like writers come up with something they feel is a clever idea, just checks the rest of the script and is like, "Wait a minute, well, this makes no sense. We can't put this in." But Dave Filoni is the writer. He's the lead writer on on Ahsoka, and he was yeah. the one that put Mandalorian on the map. Yeah. You know, so. To hear I, that's dude, really surprising. It, but like, just, all right, just think of the military engagement where yeah. Ezra runs into um, Sabine, right? Right. She shows up here. Here's the lightsaber. That's smart. He's the fucking Jedi. She's like barely even consents that the force is in the room. His next line, I don't need it. The force is my weapon. So the guy who's good right. with it doesn't touch this thing, runs off right. somewhere. The girl who is a badass Mandalorian with she's wearing a weapon suit. She doesn't use that. She uses this lightsaber she's not good with. And literally 30 seconds later, we see Captain Jedi pick up a gun and shoot a bunch of stormtroopers because it makes no sense. He can't like none of it makes sense. <laughs> and um, well, what about the well, I don't know if you think this made sense, but the Night Sisters raising the stormtroopers from the dead. Now That, that was, was fucking pretty- awesome. That was wild. I mean, that's, really that's cool, an aspect consistent with lore. I'm fine with it. It's consistent with lore, and it's it's good to know there are other powerful beings other than Jedi, you know. Yeah. And they use like this really crazy dark magic, you know. Um, but uh, you know, I guess we have a little bit of um cliffhanger because we now know that Thrawn is off to Dathomir with the Night Sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um. Apparently, they might be rumored to be resurrecting um, dead Night Sisters on Dathomir. So that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, 
what they could be he- hinting at. So perhaps an army of the dead, a la Game of Thrones, you know, for yeah, it'd be cool. The next, I was the also, next season. I, I was really curious what they were doing with Lord Balin's character. That was let's, interesting. Let's talk about that because, of course, Ray Stevenson passed away in real life. Kills me. And he it's crushed so that role. sad. Exactly. Exactly. Like, when oh. when is the last time we saw somebody like really do well in a Jedi role? Right. It's been yes. a long time. And there's been a couple projects where actors were dressed up like it, but didn't really deliver the feel or whatever. Like he had the stoicism. He was like beaten yep. down a little bit by time. He was dispassionate. Like he, he just he did fantastic with that. Yeah, he was last seen on massive statues that represent I right. guess, the powerful entity that he sensed in uh, episode seven. Well, and that, he said, like, to destroy it all, you have to go back to the beginning. So, like, that's a great teaser. Like, is this the founding of the Jedi Order? Is this like the beginning of something? You know, he clearly yeah. has information that we don't. And like, yeah, that's an intriguing storyline. I was into it. And I think they need to pay that off and either recast him or... Yeah. God forbid use AI, which we're nah, hoping they, that doesn't. Yeah, they should recast. That. I, I think know. the re, I think recasting. Uh, Blood said Gerard Butler would be a good, uh, a good, uh, I guess, uh, replacement actor for for yeah. Ray Stevenson. I don't know. Um, I could see they're both from the UK, different accents, but you know, generally in the same geographical same, area. <laughs> they could probably yeah. make it work right. Um, yeah, same with uh, Obi Wan, uh, Ewan McGregor, and, and Sir Alec Guinness. I think they're from different. <laughs> Different areas of England, too. Um, but uh, Shin Hati, uh, played by Ivana Sack now, um, apparently she's just stranded on Peridia. And I guess she's just kind of hanging with uh, the Raiders, native to the planet, I guess. So we don't know, right. really know her well, it, future either. Yeah, and like, I, not nothing against Ezra. They put their life on a long line to say Ezra. But now, like, Ahsoka and Sabine are lost to all time forever. Yeah. Until Deus Ex Machina shows up and finds some way to pull them out. But, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy. But I am looking forward to um, some payoffs uh, for the hanging threads, whether it's going to be in second season or if it's going to be uh, in the Mando-verse movie. As you know, they're going to do a movie with uh, tying mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian and, and so on and so forth. But uh, we'll throw out one more thing before we take a classic break and that's uh marvel's loki um that's also on disney plus um did you tune into that martin i did uh yes yeah i liked it uh it was a uh, very man it was very doctor who-ish i guess it was just a lot yeah. of uh yeah it was just which is it's hard to do. Like it's, it's really hard to easy do. to go off track long term with time travel. Time yes. travel usually works for a closed window, but as soon as you start pulling that story, it gets tricky. And like I, I at least bought the first episode. That seemed plausible to me. Plausible, um, but it, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It seems kind of crazy. Where basically Kei Hu Huan, who plays the guy in the repairs department of the TVA. Uh, sent uh, Owen Wilson's uh, Mobius character to try to retrieve uh, yeah. um, uh, Loki and then said his skin would peel off if he wasn't successful. And uh, like luckily, yeah, it becomes spaghetti. So luckily he was able to save him. And then, uh, I don't know. I, I love seeing Ki Huan um, in a prominent role in MCU. Um, his friends know, call him OB. OB. His friends call him OB. And of course, you know, multiverse time travel, that's his thing, man. I mean, everything everywhere all at once. And now, now 
season Loki episode uh, uh, one and uh, for season two. And don't forget to watch the end credits because we see um, um, what's her name? <laughs> the female Loki. Um, wow. Her name is Sk- wow. Her name is escaping me right now. Isn't it Sophia something? Is it Sophie? Yeah. Is it Sophie? Sophie? I think it's Sophie, right? Yes. Yeah. We see Sophie end up at a McDonald's and she's like, uh, serve me something with no head. uh, That's not spiders or insects or something like that. Preferably dead. And the kid's like, okay, how about some chicken McNuggets or a Big Mac? She's like, give me everything. So I don't know. I guess she's not uh, privy to um, American culture fast food. So that's pretty much what we learned in episode of Loki. Um, But uh, We'll have to see what happens with Sophie's character. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you tune in, Kelly? I have not. I, I knew it was coming. I didn't know it was already episode one was out yet. So I'm going to, I'll be jumping on that to watch it. But yeah, yes. I like the first season. So I'm excited for season two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's good. It's a good, good planning to have Loki drop right after Ahsoka finished. And there's no overlap because you know people are going to cancel their subscriptions if you know it takes a long time to get to loki after it's the same i think it's the same fan base i think everyone that watches marvel watches star wars and you know they I, just up their price again so i was and like they up mm, the price yeah how, how uh <laughs> how much i really want to watch all this stuff anymore yeah but you know no, they're, they're put- trouble <laughs> Well, you know, they are in trouble, but they're putting the powerhouse movies directly on. They had, they just put Haunted Mansion on there and Little Mermaid is now on wow. there. And they're actually going to be dropping a 4K high definition version of the original Snow White movie. Yeah. So you're going to see sorry. that. That was hysterical. Um, did you see the TikTok trend with that? <laughs> so, yeah. is, this, is, is this regarding yeah. the remake? Yeah, it's it's the Rachel Ziegler thing. So like their whole media campaign for, for the last eight months is having her say negative things about the original version, right? It's outdated and it's creepy. It's whatever. So yeah. then Disney's like, well, we're going to give you that movie again. And like everybody on the planet just kept posting stuff that she said that was bad about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this celebrates rape culture. It's creepy. It's outdated. This is about true love. Who wants to hear about true love? This is all trash. <laughs> oh, there's wow. a funny thing going around. <laughs> It's a you show you see Rachel Ziegler as Snow White, and then you show Gal Gadot as you know she's Wonder Woman, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Says here's the evil queen jealous of Snow White's looks, and, uh, and it was a Wonder pretty Woman. cruel meme. That's a stretch, yeah. Yeah, it's that not like speak- Rachel's not pretty. She's very lovely. She is very you know, cute. She's very. It cute. is hard, yeah. it is hard to box with Gal Gadot. I get the point. Yeah, exactly. And you would know Which, that, Vinny. You you had a scene with her, didn't you, in Wonder Woman 1984? I did. She's definitely hotter than me. There was there was no debate there. <laughs> wow. Tough. Vincent, you're handsome as fuck. I, 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 your character really tried to get her in that cab, and I applaud your effort. Thank you. I wish I'd tried harder, but what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Um, and of course, Disney Plus has a sequel for Princess and the Frog, which will be in the form of a series called Tiana. So uh, that's great. We get to see more of um, the story behind uh, Tiana and the original voice actor of Tiana in Prince of the Frog will reprise her role. So you got to love medieval whimsy. You got to love consistency there for sure. 
Um, This just sent me over to the IMDb for Haunted Mansion because I have a friend who kept saying, I'm in, I'm in Haunted Mansion. I'm in Haunted Mansion. I'm in Haunted Mansion. He's not on the IMDb. So, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, no, no. he is. Good for you. Good for you, buddy. There he is. Holy smokes. Okay. So much doing the best. Someone's doing pretty well. All right. Um, you know, because everybody... actors don't always tell the truth, if, if you didn't know that. <laughs> sadly, sadly, those are facts, Vinny Mac. Facts. Vinny Which Mac. is weird, because oh like, you can easily check that, as you just did. Like, you can... Yeah. And this ties back to Kelly's point, you know, actor, actress, the ditzy thing. Mm-hmm. It's for a reason. Let's be honest. It's not actors. You think we earned actors it? Actors do some really dumb stuff. <laughs> Fair Why point. do you lie about something that is Seriously, fingertips dude. away? Come on. Seriously. Like, um, like, like, so let's say I like I tell you I'm in like Spielberg's new production. At best, that lie can float around for like four to six months. Like best. Like at some point you're like, how's that Spielberg project working out? Like, oh, you know, tighten up the bolts. <laughs> like, what, 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 what would the Al, point I be? Think Al, I think oh, Al and I both know actors who still claim they're in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yes. Like, yes, we do. To this day, it's at the top of their resume. We're like, you're not in And it's it, not bro. like you're not, not in like oh, yeah. shot a scene and we're cut or something like that. No. It's, okay. you know, it, it's basically your background and your pretending your background role is a bigger deal that's essentially what it is oh like so you're you're the 300th person in the back of the scene at like desert wars or you something might have like. physically been on the premises right, yeah. right. <laughs> but you ain't in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we all have yeah, friends like that three. man yeah and they're all over social media saying oh for me and this and that when it's you know but i applaud people that that that, that are very happy about their background work you yeah know? i mean nothing wrong with that there's a it's a part of the joy of, of being on set, whether it's a you know principal, a lead role, or you know, uh, a background of one in a one in five hundred background. You know, or you just wander onto the set and you're like a starring role, like that dude in that Chris Rock special who's just like all over the opening sequence. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was called in for that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We thought that was great coincidence and uh, uh, luck of being first in line, but uh, wow, okay, you were called for that. That's even better. Very good. You know, like my agent called me for that. I didn't know I was gonna be in the thing though. Like oh, it was uh, like day of. Uh, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, I need you in a suit and like at this location for uh, like by five. I didn't even know what it was. He said, you like, weren't just there. I totally believed you were just you. there. I, I thought you were just there as a fan. No, I got. I mean, I was a fan, but no, like I, I was called to show up. But oh. there was nothing in that conversation that indicated so they like, hire people be... for openings of family shows. I didn't know that. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I know. Mind blown, right? Okay. Was it a good? That... You got paid, right? No, but I got like I didn't have tickets. to buy a ticket to the. Thing. Oh, okay. you had to get. Well, cool. You got to yeah. go to the show, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. And I'm like, I'm sure so that was cool. a pricey ticket, so it's more than. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. I'll show up and look so cute cool. for five minutes, so I can sit like in great seats too. I'm like, I'm like, fifth row center for that yep. thing. Great. Oh. <laughs> Do we have time awesome. to throw out one more thing? I think if uh, someone needs to, to uh, bid adieu, or are we having too much fun that we can just do our thing? I will have to bid adieu. You have to bid adieu. Mm-hmm. Vinnie Mac is having too much fun, though, right? 
I when's classic I can, when's classic cut? I can I was gonna drop that. Netflix and we'll take the classic cut. How okay, I'll do one more thing, yeah. All right. Since we're talking about Netflix because the Chris Rock special is on Netflix. Yeah. Um has anyone seen Reptile on Netflix? Apparently yes. that's the number uh, no. one streaming film on Netflix uh for the second week in the row, just behind the Spanish dystopian thriller Nowhere. So yeah, I mean, no, it's got it's a heck a of a cast. Film. Oh, you saw it. Oh, yeah. Oh, great, yeah, great cast. And and this is what I'll say without, like, ruining anything. Because you guys are in industry, I'm sure, like, yes. me, you put stories together real quick. Because, like, you just, like, if you enter a scene and they close up frame on this thing, you know they did that for a reason. So that object matters. Yeah. And then, you know, if in the middle of a car ride you hear some exposition about somebody and, like, they help their mom on Sundays and that's important to them, you know that's good. Like, because you know plot structure in the industry, you know why they're shooting certain stuff. This, like, I really couldn't – they were clever about it. Like, mm. yeah, so, like, you're not really sure who's doing what. You're not even sure who the good guys or bad guys because that happens in, in movies now. Like – you can kind of like look at the movie setup and look at the cast and know mm-hmm. who's going to be generally good and who's going to be generally bad. It's it's boring. This is the first film I saw in a while where like I really didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't mm-hmm. know who was good or bad or sympathetic. I didn't like and, and I really just appreciated that. It was really, really good art that I had a break from what has come to be sort of generic storytelling. Wow. Interesting. OK. Selling points. I, I'm, I, yeah, I really want to see that one. Um, I mean, you have Justin Timberlake, Alicia Silverstone, and Benicia Del Toro in that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then for television, the top of television is David and Victoria Beckham's Netflix docuseries, um, the number one spot. So, so interesting. Good. Yeah, you're a soccer aficionado. So good. Yeah. 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 But it was also just this really good documentary. Like, I only knew about it. I didn't know it was good. Like, he's a freaking sweetheart. David Beckham's a sweetheart. I, He's I the nicest imagine. guy. I had I no idea. He's still really, a posh you're like one of the hottest guys the planet's ever seen. You're also the best at the world's favorite sport. You marry like this guy's the nothing but bad a thousand his whole life. Yes. And like not a bit of arrogance creeps in, not a little bit no of arrogance. Like, He's the nicest guy. Wow. It's good to hear. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really good to hear. This is a great selling point. Is the him and uh, Victoria Beckham was the sweetest sweetheart story ever. Like okay. they kind of like met and like that was it for them. Like day one, there are no others. And this is still when he's like relatively young. I think he's like 19, 20, something like that. Right. He would like drive, but because he he's playing soccer in Manchester United and she's living in London doing the whole Spice Girl thing. He would drive like two hours to spend like 40 minutes with her and then drive back mm. yeah wow. like grade school crush what was he doing stuff. in those 40 minutes that's what i need to know having coffee man he's not even oh. like he's, he's okay. yeah okay he's a gentleman bex yeah. is a wow. gentleman all right her book was My... good too i had a new perspective of her after i read her book so yeah. oh yeah and like okay. she's in this too and they do like cute little back and forth like she was much more human yeah that's what, her, yeah, her book, when I read it, I was like, oh, she's, I see her in a much different light now. So I, I really do like her after reading that. Cause I had the, you know, preconceived notion that, you know, she was a pop star and blah, blah, whatever. Right. So, um, right. but no, it, was, it gave a great perspective, you know, especially on, you know, motherhood and then becoming parents and stuff. There was that aspect of the book too. So it was great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Might have to tune in, man. You know, I mean, 
Netflix offers some really, really riveting documentaries. So they're yeah, great documentaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. And number two is the Sex Education season four. They just dropped the finale. That has been um quite the uh top of the Netflix uh leaderboard with uh Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek and a couple guest stars on the um on the final season of that. And um Crown just dropped its final trailer, which will oh. be uh yeah, for the final season, sixth and final season. It's so gonna be good. split into two parts. Part one will be four episodes in November, and then the part two will be the remaining six episodes in December. So um I guess you know that's just kind of a way to keep the subscribers. I guess they did that with Stranger Things and so on and so forth. And um if you're a fan of Netflix, Vikings Valhalla, the third season will be its last. Um, that sounds like a show that you would like, right? Indeed. Vikings. Yeah. Okay. Am I right? <laughs> Set a hundred years after the original Vikings series. And if you're a fan of uh, Squid Game, which I am, and you know there is already a, a reality show, there's also going to be a pop-up experience called Squid Games: The Trial. And it's mm-hmm. going to have different cities will have it, but Los Angeles will have the first experience where basically you're, you're doing a lot of the same competitions. Um, and there's also a night market offering Korean food and drinks, which is kind of cool. Um, of course, it's without the bloodbath. So <laughs> the games that you'll play, very similar. A series of six escalating challenges and accumulating points as you advance. And the ultimate winner needs nerveless steel, cunning strategy, and a touch of luck. So there you go. So that's Netflix. And uh, I think it's a good t- time to take a classic cut break. And uh, I think we're going to say farewell to Vinnie Mac and Kelly. And I don't have much left, Martin. Uh, once a future king, I think it will be a very, uh, very a brief second half. Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I decided for the classic cut guys because. You know, everything going on in Israel with, uh, you know, just the horrible things that are going on in Israel not right now and mm-hmm. Hamas's attack. Um, a, an anti-war song, I think, uh, would uh, would make sense, right? Yeah. A sy- System of a Down uh, has a, a song called BYOB, um, which means bring your own bombs. But basically, the song is critiquing how war is celebrated as something good while it's really abhorrent and devastating reality um and uh yeah basically the lyrics and the music work to works together to create a holistic display of its anti-war message and of course you know natalie portman's from uh, israel if you didn't know she was born in jerusalem mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, she said my heart is shattered for the people of israel children women the elderly have been murdered and abducted from their homes I'm in horror at these barbaric acts. My heart is pounding with love and prayer for the families of all those affected. And of course, you know, Gal Gadot is also Israeli, spoke out uh, in support of Israel in the past and said at least at the time, 250 Israeli have been murdered and dozens of women, children and elders have been held hostages in Gaza and the Palestinian military group Hamas. So, yeah, it's it's Palestinian terrorist group Hamas. Let's. Yes, because yes. the Terrorist. Palestinian people, uh, you know, God bless them, get lumped in with with uh, terrorists like Hamas, who should be if any group should be eradicated from the planet. It is Hamas. 
mm-hmm. is on the same level uh, as Al Qaeda, but some people are, are apparently looking the other way. Yeah. And not associating Hamas as a terrorist. And thank you for that because that is biased. Well, yeah. It, biased it gets, to say that they're a military group rather yeah, than. Yeah, Hamas gets terrorists. lumped in with the Palestinian people. It's, it's two entirely separate entities, right? Like yes. the Palestinian people are going to suffer for what Hamas just did, but Hamas is not representative of. There you right. go. Exactly. There and people go. are already aware of the, you know, the rift between the, the Palestinians and the Israelis. So that's why, you know, yep. like we're lumping them in <clears throat> with this terrorist group, yeah. All right. Well, um, we're going to say goodbye to Kelly and Vinnie Mac and uh, um, Martin and I will close out the show. Uh, Not much left. Uh, So, yeah, here's the classic cut. And we'll be right back on BTB uh, and uh, bid adieu to Vinnie Mac, the co-star king and Kelly Christopher, the Nassau queen. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for for having me. See you guys. All right. All right, wow. That was System of the Down. Oh. Ooh, talk about just hardest, grittiest rock you could think of. And they're all Armenians and they really know how to. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. And the fact that the message behind the BYOB song is about anti war um, sentiments, then of course we're going to play it here on BTB during this time because we do not want the World War Three. Yeah, no, strongly against World War Three. Yes, yes, we do not want that to happen. Um, but um, I do like to see um characters on the boys uh at war uh because mm-hmm. uh the spinoff Gen V I managed to catch the first episode that way I could talk to Jesse T Usher who we'll be hearing at the end of the program who plays A Train he appeared on the first episode of the boys and it was revealed that he is an alumni of the Godolkin University, where all the soups go to uh, uh, university, because the, I guess it's a university tailored for the soup. And I got to admit, the first episode was pretty crazy. And I heard it gets even crazier because there's a hot explosion mm. in episode four. Um, yeah, that show <laughs> loves pushing boundaries. They just it love really, really pushes boundaries. Yeah, I feel like every season they sit down and they're like, all right, where is the line? We're going to go this far over it three times, like, <laughs> like on a regular basis. I mean, it, the first episode was so horrific with that uh, girl that could manipulate blood and use blood as a weapon to sadly um, unknowingly kill her parents which is super sad. It's just super, super duper sad. And then, of course, we see her powers work in the first ever cock explosion seen on TV. Mm. And apparently, Jazz Sinclair, who's Marie, is looking for Emma, played by Lizzie Broadway. Uh, apparently, her missing roommate shrank down super small to investigate the soup program. And apparently... Um, a creepy soup dude named Rufus offers to find Emma, but suggests that 
Marie pays for his services sexually. And apparently he he's very uh, relentless. Uh, and then apparently um, he's about to assault her. And then she gets up and uses her blood bending powers to swell Rufus's penis to an uncomfortably large size. <laughs> then Marie's powers hit the speak and Rufus' penis explodes in a bloody uh, mess. Wow. It just. <laughs> I feel like this is going to send like a section of the male population to therapy. Oh. Like how many men have like, like clo- too closely die- tied their identity with their penis. And like, if they just can't, you know, like even, even the concept for them is just like. <laughs> I cringe every time I see like injury to the crotch on a movie mm-hmm. or TV show. And what more? Would yeah, every, yeah, every man physically reacts. They're so like, oh. That's exploding cock, you know, and. Rest in peace, Golden Boy Reardon, played by Patrick Schwarzenegger. Um, apparently, um, sad to find out that uh, his character. But again, you know, in the superhero world, never say never. Maybe there's. But you never know. We got multiverses open. They can. There's. They there can could be multiverses. They can pull it right back out. Yep. So that's <laughs> over on Amazon. Check out Gen V. You hear the opening promo. Aaron Moriarty said, "An Amazon sniper might be listening to me if I talk about season four. But um, yeah, um, listen to um, Jesse T. Usher at the end of this program. So he talk, talks about when we can expect season four to drop. Uh, over on Paramount, there's a series called Lawman Bass Reeves with Dave Olioo. Um, basically, it's a dramatization uh, as one of the first black U.S. marshals. So, uh, I mean, it seems like uh, Paramount Plus is very big into the military-based um, series because of uh, Lioness, Special Ops Lioness, where you make an uh, appearance. That's right, yeah. dude. I'm Alpha yeah. Capital, baby. Alpha Capital, yes. <laughs> you know do, do you know yeah. who uh, Daniel Ross is? Daniel Ross is a voice actor from Maryland, and he now yeah. uh, is in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, good buddy of mine. Uh, yes so yeah so him and i like sort of started together back in the day like he he was on my, like my first be a horror level movie but yes. uh so the listeners awesome. know he's actually crushing as a voice actor he's currently the voice of daffy duck he's also i'm sorry yes. not he's gonna kill me for saying that i can't believe i said Don, daffy it's duck. donald duck, donald duck. It? donald duck daniel <laughs> i'm sorry we have to delete this he can never hear this it's like it's not just the wrong duck it's the arch nemesis from warner brothers like that's the counterpart <laughs> to the Oh, yeah. That's like mistaking Mickey Mouse for Bugs Bunny. What's wrong with me? All they're right, anyway. Equi- they're equally as iconic, though. All right. So, yeah, anyway, Donald Duck, and he's the voice of Starscream. He's doing all this. But he, you know, he gets me the text. He's like, hey, man, saw you in the show. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm watching Lioness. I just saw you. Really good job. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'm not quite yet like the iconic figure in Disney, but you know, making baby steps, making making small moves. <laughs> that seemed like a fun scene to shoot, you know, with uh, high rollers uh, in uh, it that was beach not, bar. That was not it was, fun. It was not a fun shoot. No, it was. It, that's one of the most miserable shoots I've been. Was on. it really? What what made yeah. it miserable? The long hours the hours the condition so like we we shot like 5 p.m till 7 a.m they would have kept going except the sun showed up now i don't know if other people were aware of this i was not aware of this i i was like goodness so yeah we're gonna leave names and whatever off the list i appreciate all the people who do stuff for it but i I didn't know i was gonna do a 12-hour overnight shoot it was like it was like eight degrees it was freezing 
and you see us it's a club scene so we're dressed like we're on the beach in miami but like every time between cut people are like running open to open fires huddling under blankets like it was miserable yeah. Shooting out I of brought, season is always difficult. Yeah, yeah. I brought in some friends. Everybody got sick. Everybody was sick for the next week. Oh, no. Yeah. What you but, what you we know, do you got, for the art. How what we, we do for the craft. The but what we do to hang out with Zoe Saldana, right? <laughs> Sometimes. You know, you know what was fun, though? Because I saw, like, I, had, I, I did have fun socially on that. Because uh, I was called to bring in some lovely ladies to that scene. Yes. So I called, I called some of the, you know. So I got to put some of my very pretty friends on TV. So that yes. was fun. Did you, get, did you get Margot Robbie on there? <laughs> she was. Nice. She, she's standing next to me in the scene. She's got those little braids. Oh, good. That I wear. Nice. Like, she's literally standing next to me. I'm like, oh, don't perfect. say I've never done nothing for you. There but you go. Um, Lion was on set, not because he was acting. He was a stand-in for somebody. Oh, nice. So he was there to do, like, the lighting and sound and everything. So we're like, oh, hey, hey, whatever. And then uh, there was another scene after that in the bar where the guy's like talking to uh to her and he's like you know blah 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 blah. that dude was a knight at medieval times like a generation behind me so like we were hanging out in the in the in the actor's room and he's like you were a knight in baltimore i'm like yeah and he's like yeah you came into the locker room one day to say hi to people i, I didn't know who you were <laughs> so oh, cool. it was like this, yeah it was this weird conflating of like all these different people from the different um chapters of your acting career yeah, different chapters yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, that's over on Paramount, and uh, hopefully they'll greenlight the Lioness Special Ops Season 2 to be shot in the DMV again. We can only hope. Um, and over on AMC, I haven't started... Well, I watched one episode of The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. Apparently, it's uh, it's doing really, really well in the ratings. Uh, have you tuned in, uh, Martin? I don't, know, I don't know if you're trying to follow The Walking Dead franchise. After the I final love season. the Walking Dead franchise, but like I will say that like it's a lot now. Yeah. Like we're up to like what five different shows. And yeah. Like, so I keep, yeah, I haven't yeah, quite four. Finished, uh, yeah. Fear yeah. the Walking Dead, Dead City, Daryl Dixon, then we'll have the Rick and Michonne show next year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and the original, right? So like. And the original just wrapped. So. Yeah. So I mean, Daryl's my favorite character. I am inclined to watch the series at some point. Yeah, and I'm imp- inclined to finish the series, but apparently, um, yeah, the premiere um, is the biggest premiere in the history of, of the streamer AMC Plus in the first three weeks of streaming data available. So Nice. Apparently, people do not have the Walking Dead fatigue, so people mm. are still tuning into the show. Now, this is really happy news because we haven't seen new um, new episodes of scripted anything. But apparently Saturday Night Live will come back on October 14th with Pete Davidson as the host. And the reason why actors can do this one is because Saturday Night Live falls under a different contract. It's the network code. Yeah. Yeah. So it covers. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. Well, it covers talk shows and unscripted productions, but I guess it includes Saturday Night Live as um, a sketch comedy show. Yeah. Oh, so it's good. I was wondering if it was designation as theater mattered. I guess, yeah, because you're on the front of a live audience. It's performed live. Yeah. So that's another right, so thing. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily filmed. So, like, Broadway doesn't shut down during the SAG strike. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah. So, so like, I think that's uh, fantastic that. Um, yeah, because like they're technically just broadcasting a live play. So. Okay, so that's kind of the workaround. And the Ice Spice, I'm not sure that is, will be the musical guest. Um, but Pete Davidson was supposed <laughs> to host in May before the writer's strike happened, and they had to axe that show, that that episode, you know. And now he's bailing even, out. Yeah, exactly. Now he's bailing him out. Now he's returning to Saturday Night Live. Um, let's see. Um, I never watched a show on Fox, but it's called Welcome to Flatch. Apparently, Fox canceled this comedy series, but it starred um, everybody's favorite, Sean William Scott, aka Stifler, as the local minister who is navigating a rekindled uh, romance with his former girlfriend. Aya Cash, and if you I mentioned the boys, Aya Cash is uh, uh, that Nazi uh, Stormfront character. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that's where she's been. <laughs> she's been on another show. Uh, but I never, I never even heard about it until I saw that. <laughs> I know Sabrina will be stoked to hear that Buffy the Vampire Slayer will continue in audio format. In Slayer's a Buffyverse story. Some original cast is coming back, like Amber Benson, James Marsters, Charisma Carpenter, um, Juliet Landau, Drusilla, and Caulfield. Some of the original cast, of course, um, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar hasn't not returned, but uh, but basically, if you're a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, it's um, it's actually written by Amber Benson herself, co-written who played Tara in Buffy. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool if you, you know, to, you're going to continue the story, you know, um, why not? Why not in uh, an audio form? Because I mean, obviously probably people would rather see a live action, you know, but it is what it is, you know, you can't be too, too picky at that point. Um, over on uh, Celebrity Gossip, so actress Ashley Johnson from Critical Role, and she's also in The Last of Us, which I love that show, apparently filed a lawsuit against Brian Foster, her ex-boyfriend and former Critical Role classmate, alleging domestic violence, sexual battery assault, stalking, gender violence, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and civil rights violations. That Holy smoke. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. It's bad enough as just domestic violence, and then and then you topping at that with sexual battery, assault, and stalking, and all that. But dude, it sounds like a fucking horrible person. And then you know, I I actually have it's interesting because uh, this is as this uh, example of the Me Too movement. Um, I guess uh, with two gay men involved, but uh, I guess Kevin Spacey, that was kind of a similar situation, but it's mm-hmm. Brian Fuller. He is uh, one of the creators of Hannibal and American Gods, accused in a lawsuit of um, sexually harassing a fellow producer on an AMC docuseries. And apparently the plaintiff, Sam, alleges that he, he held him to crack his back, you know, to try to adjust his back. And then he would like press his dick against his butt. Uh, um, yeah. So he apparently was creating a hostile work environment. And then he kept bringing up references to his dick and talking about how he gave him erections and this and that. Um, but apparently AMC is reviewing the lawsuit, but declined to comment at this time. 
So there you go. Um, um, and you know, watching Britney Spears speaking of selected gossip, there's a funny oh, meme I posted. She's playing with knives and right. she's kind of gone off the deep end. But I saw a great video meme of her wielding lightsabers. So I I captioned it as uh, <laughs> so Jedi Master Britney. Um, and uh, I thought it was quite quite a. You know, she she definitely needs help. Um, they well, were definitely I, real knives, I think. Dude, I, don't I know. wasn't. It wasn't popular at the time, but when everybody was freaking out about Free Britney, I was. I'm like, I remember why she went out. Like that chick lost it all those years ago. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that you should let her dad, you know, defraud her of all freedom and money. Like I get it, but like I'm not sure the conservatorship was a bad idea. Just maybe somebody that's a little bit more concerned with her well-being and autonomy. But yeah, like Britney. Yep. Brittany got herself in there with the whole shaving head in public and falling down in the gutter and just. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's Ugh. not like she recently had some issues. Like, there done been some issues. There done been some issues, and the issues are not over. <laughs> so, um, she claimed the knives were real, but they, but she saw there were visible injuries to herself when she was playing with those knives. And she's like, oh, it's just uh, Halloween. They're they're not real. Well, she said, she, yeah, she said specifically, these knives are not not metal real. Knives. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, ching 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 ching. Like, all right. <laughs> like, and, police, and it's always you know. like, I don't know what's up with that 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 Instagram thing. It's always the same angle. It's like, yeah, she just checks in with that camera once a day, and we yes. either get a dancey dance or like the one that killed me was like from a while ago now, when she just like walked left, face camera. Walked right, face camera, yep, walked left, yep. and like that's all it was. She just like entered stage left, exit, like and did that like nine times. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like always, always the same location in her house. Like she's trapped, right. you know. Uh, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Perhaps she still has a conservatorship. I all hope right, she I, I hope. Yeah, she gets, we. I just we want her to be okay. We're rooting for. We you, want Brittany. I mean, yeah, she's. Uh, we want Brittany to be okay. Of course, our own Morgan. Fabulous is a huge fan of Britney's. I told her she should do a parody video for Halloween of Britney, and I think we're gonna get one. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> that's gonna be funny. Oh, that's right. She does love Britney Spears, doesn't she? She does love Britney Spears. But yeah, I mean, I don't have much. I, we we close the rest in pieces. So um, basically, um, uh, we lost uh, some legends. Uh, one being Dick Butkus, uh, legendary Hall of Famer linebacker. Uh, died at the age of 80. He was a Chicago Bear, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame. And he also he also acted as well. Yeah, I was about to say he's an actor. Yeah, he was, he was in some horror flicks back in the day. Good old Dick. Yeah, Dick uh, took. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool how some retired football players enter the world of acting. And uh, yeah, <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the names of the horror films that he was in? I don't remember that. I, I think it is. I, it's, as far as my memory goes, he was in like at least two horror flicks. Very cool. I think that's yeah. awesome. Which like it was a great transition. And like nobody was doing that yet. Right. You didn't have like, you know, Michael Jordan doing Space Jam or like, yeah, you know, like the, or the like, Rock. Like, yeah. And he's, WWE, he's yeah. way back in the day. Uh, OK. But yeah. He's just like such a violent piece of crap that the natural segue like in any NFL like uh film that mentions him whenever people are talking about him it's not just that he was good on the film people just like I, I remember one guy said he came after you like he hated you from his old neighborhood 
right? Like oh, that, wow. like you was like you never met this guy, and he came after you with vendetta. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Rest, rest in peace, Dick. Um, we also lost Keith Jefferson, actor who worked uh, for Quentin Tarantino on Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Passed away at the age of fifty-three. Um, apparently, he was uh, pretty close with. Um, with Jamie Foxx, and he pa- apparently paid tribute to the actor, saying, "This one hurts. You've been nothing but absolute grace your whole life. Your heart is pure. Your love is immeasurable. You are an amazing soul." Um, apparently, they're friends from back in the day. Um, they met each other in college, and they worked in the '90s on the Jamie Foxx show. Um, so they're longtime friends. Uh, we also lost Michael Chiarello, celebrity chef, former Food Network star at the age of 61. And Star Wars um, costume designer, best known for her work on The Mandalorian and Ahsoka, Shauna Tropic. Um, she was only 56. Um, died of an unknown illness in Palm Desert. That's rough. Like, right when this awesome show you worked on came out and everybody yeah. gets to see it and you share it. Like, it, it, like it, it sounds a little bit, you know, uh, silver medley, but like at least you got to see it. Yes. I hope you got yeah, to, I, to see the entire, um, yeah, uh, entire season at least of Ahsoka. I'm not exactly sure. I guess she died. Well, she died on Wednesday, so last Wednesday. So she possibly, yeah, was able to tune into the yeah, like episode it's, it's, of Ahsoka you know, on Tuesday. Fairly close. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. a biopic about the uh, composer for the musical Rent, and I had no idea he died before it came out, and it was this smash success. And they're like, absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah, that broke my heart. So this guy. Was you that know, Leonard, Ber- Leonard Bernstein, right? Oh, no, um, no, that, no, another legend. No. Leonard Bernstein, somebody else. No. Um, yes, Sondheim. You, Stephen Sondheim. That's it. Yeah. Um, Steven Sondheim, but, that's it. Yeah, yeah, so like he, you know, he chases his dream. He doesn't give up on the art. It's not easy. He goes through all these sacrifices and then yeah. doesn't just make a hint, make a hint that like hangs around for decades, like decades, right. like iconic global level musical and never knew. Like, ah, yeah. And his voice was featured in that, that, um, that movie with Andrew Garfield, the rent. Movie, oh, was it? That's your Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so which was a phenomenal, phenomenal film. You saw that one, right? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. That, I saw yeah. that movie, and I, yeah. I literally phenomenal. had no idea he didn't live to see the. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, amazing. amazing. Um, and with death, we celebrate life. Uh, congratulations to Anya Taylor Joy and Malcolm McRae who tied the knot in Venice. Um, Cara Devlin, Nicholas Holt, jo- Julia Garner, and Evan Ross among the celebrities in attendance for that wedding. And we have some celebrations of birthdays on October 10th. Charles Dance, um, Tywin Lannister, right, from Game of Thrones, is mm-hmm. 77, the uh, patriarch of uh, the Lannister family. <laughs> he killed that role, man. He was oh, so yes. good as Tywin Lannister. So, so good as Tywin Lannister. Yeah. Absolutely. And Tywin was a badass in the book, too. So like, I don't think that was super easy to pull off like the whole kingdom feared this guy and he didn't talk a lot he wasn't loud he didn't raise his voice oh, and yeah. that's exactly what he nailed in the series like he's fantastic fantastic actor 
Let's see. We have Julia Sweeney, formerly of Saturday Night Live, a 64. Happy birthday, Bradley Whitford of the West Wing, a 64. Manu Bennett from Arrow is 54. Wendy McClendon Covey from the Goldbergs. We love her. She's 54. Mario Lopez. Happy birthday, the Big 5-0. Jody Lynn Keefe of She's All That. And Nash Bridges is 45. Singer Maya is 44. Actor Dan Stevens of Downton Abbey and Legion, that Marvel film uh, series, is 41. Uh, Rose McIver of iZombie is 35. She's also in a new series called Ghosts on CBS. Don got me into that show. Uh, it was actually pretty entertaining. She's, uh, Ghost. yeah, Ghosts on CBS. You can basically see ghosts. And uh, it somehow uh, got the ability to see ghosts uh, that have inhabited the um, haunted house that uh, this couple moves into. But no one else can see or hear the ghosts except for her. Hmm. And, um Amy Teargarden on Friday Night Lights is 34. That's birthdays today. That concludes BTB. Uh, thank you so much for our panelists uh, early on the program. Vinnie Mack, the co-star king, and of course, the NASA queen, Callie Christopher. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you very much. The once and future king. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and not only, not only the last Numenorian, the last yes. anchor on the show. Yes, that's right. Yes. Last man holding standing. The fort. Last <laughs> man standing, holding the fort with Al Celebrity Soda. Thank you so much, Martin Lopez. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, the feature interview tonight, I went to StellarCon in Air, Maryland. Wow, to have a really nice, small, but really nicely run con uh, right um, north of Baltimore. It was a very cool to experience on Sunday. Um, of course, uh, ran into actors like Sean Kanan, who played Mike Barnes in Cobra Kai and Karate Kid, who declined an interview due to the strike. But I was able to talk to Jesse T. Usher, A-Train, from The Boys, and he gladly gave us an interview. And that's what we present tonight, um, because we're just talking about The Boys with the Gen V uh, spinoff. And uh, he talks about uh, season four. He talks about guest starring on Gen V. He talks about working on the movie Smile with Sosie Bacon and a lot more. And if you didn't know, Martin, mm. um, Jesse T. Usher is from Silver Spring, Maryland. So I didn't know that. He's got some ties to the DMV. So, which should explain why he's in the, uh, it seems like he's in the area quite often for, for the cons, the local cons. So, but yeah, really great interview to end tonight's show. So, I guess on behalf of the entire panel, Vinnie Mack, Kelly Christopher, Martin Lopez, and I'm Al, Celebrity Soto Guys. We will see you next week. Until then, peace. We're here at actor extraordinaire Jesse T. Usher. Extraordinaire. Yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. How you doing? Here at Stellar Con, Hartford County. We last talked to you at Shore Leave. Uh Uh-huh. And you keep coming back to the DMV for a particular reason, right? Yeah, man. I'm from from the area. I'm from from Maryland. So, you know, it's nice that I get to come back, see my family, and then um, also get to do this and, like, talk to people that are also from where I'm from. You know, most people don't know that I'm from Maryland. So a lot of the time, that's what the conversation kind of leads to. Yeah, I was reading your bio. As as a younger actor, you move with the family. You actually brought the whole family over from. They brought me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my sister and I were both in the industry at the time. Yeah. And you know, we were trying to fill it out in in whatever industry Maryland had. Mm -hmm. And back then, it was even smaller than it is now, and it's still pretty small right now. But back then, it was 
finite, you know. So yeah. we did that. We branched out to New York a little bit, started okay. getting in the stage, and then from there we moved to Los Angeles. So my parents just like packed us up. Wow. Took us out there. Holy holy smokes. So would you say the boys is the 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 premier gig that you've had in your career so far? I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say I mean it's had the biggest reach, you know, it's it's got the biggest numbers. Um, so far it's it's got the longevity, you know. I I've, I've had other shows before and the furthest that we've gone has been four seasons. The boys just finished our fourth season, so yeah, yeah so it's 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 the monster in my uh, resume right now. Yeah. So I asked Aaron Moriarty at Tribeca about wow. season four. She said, I don't know the Amazon uh, you know, powers that be might be looking over at oh, me. So, always <laughs> so, always so uh, I guess the same question. What can you tell us about season four of The Voice? Uh, we wrapped it. Season okay. four is wrapped. Okay. So that's great. You know, it's a good sign. At yeah. least. But then the strike happened. So we, whatever our post-production was looking uh, like, I'm sure it got pushed back a little bit. But okay. not too much, though. I think, I think we're still close to schedule. Like, it wasn't intentionally. You know, it takes so long in post-production yeah. to come out. So we finished in April and... We're still not, you know, it takes eight, nine months usually for our show. So we'll see. Hopefully by the end of the year, maybe by the top of next year. But like, I don't okay. know. I'm, end of I'm the hoping. year? Maybe 20, early 2024? Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Okay. We'll and see. I, I read that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to yeah. be joining the cast. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't say a lot about it. Okay, okay. But I was excited when I heard that Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan was joining our show. <laughs> I even told him. I met him on his first day in the trailer. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. But yeah. Yeah, I was thrilled to see that he was coming on to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was even more thrilled thrilled to see who he was playing on the show and yes. I'm not going to talk about that of course guess yeah, that, right? but yeah, yeah one of my favorite um, arcs that we've yes. introduced yeah since that, the beginning that is dope because you actually were a part of the Walking Dead universe I was in Tales of the Walking Dead, Dead. Yeah, how did yeah. you like that experience oh I loved it yeah. I, I love doing something different you know yeah. what I mean you go from being polished up clean A train mm-hmm. to like in the mud grungy like <laughs> under a tree root like it was yeah, yeah. a lot of crazy uh, locations on that and I loved it you know I, I also wow. love shooting in Atlanta they shoot in Atlanta they've sort of built that entire uh, market down there you know what I mean like yeah. the Walking Dead universe is pumped so much into still the Atlanta market. It's still going strong after yeah. after the show I, ended, right? Yeah, yeah. still going strong. So uh, you never know. You never you, know. If you we, never know. If we could see more of uh, you. But the boys, uh, first of all, season three was bananas. It was absolutely Thank insane. You. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> do you regret not being a part of the Herogasm uh, story? No, scene? not at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> Just being in the building was enough. You know what I mean? It was the smell, like... A- <laughs> The walls felt wet. I, did, I needed zero more minutes in that place than what I had, and you know I'm glad. I'm glad I got a chance to see because I yeah. didn't want. I didn't want to be curious. A lot of naked folks in a there. A lot right? of naked folks in there. A lot of liquid. Yeah. A lot of whatever. It's a lot. It's a lot you ran by. That yeah, scene. literally. Yeah, no pun intended. I needed to. Got the heck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it was a crazy, crazy season three. So you've been a part of the boys. You've been a part of the Walking Dead. Are there any fandoms left, like the, wielding the, a lightsaber that you want to do, or or, or, or being a superhero Marvel DC? Uh, That'd be cool too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's it depends on the character. I would yeah. love to wield a lightsaber, though. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I just want to see how it's done. Honestly, right, I right. would love to be a part of that process. Um, I would love to tap into Marvel too. I think it'd be a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, I, okay. I, I got my superhero poses down now. You so. do, you do, man. That's what's up. I've had a lot of practice. Oh, what about like a cross promotion, the Flash versus A Train? Look, man. If say, look, yeah. Flash wants to race, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I would do it. 
you know, I think we should do it. I, would I love think so to. too, man. I'd love to. I'm, I'm game. I'm game. Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. And of course, you're a part of an amazing film called Smile. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> wild film. I love the marketing promos, and the film itself was fantastic. Well, what was the highlight of working on that film? Oh, wow. Uh, first horror. So I, I think just the filming process of being in like a horror film mm-hmm. uh, was different than anything I'd done before. I'd never really shot a movie where the character, I mean, where the camera is a character in okay. the film, sort mm-hmm. of. So like, you know, most of the time you sort of just do your thing, the camera's there. But mm-hmm. when you're shooting horror, because there's so much uh, so much emphasis on reveals and things of that yeah. nature, you end up having to wait, you end up having to almost play with the camera and it it yeah. doesn't work without that. You know what I mean? So like yes. that, was, that was the highlight. That works with the jump scares too. Oh yeah. Perfect. Oh angles, yeah, right? yeah. It was like me, the other actor, and the camera guy. Like yeah. we're all doing a dance now. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I like that. And you're working closely with Sosie Bacon, who is yeah, Kevin Bacon's daughter. Fantastic. What was that like? Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I told her a hundred times. You know, she's a wonderful actress, and yeah, she really she laid it all out on the table for that role. You okay. know, and she was raw and and honest and scary. You know, all the things. Yeah. So yeah, shout out Sosie. Still love you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. And I had to check out Gen V. You gotta check out Gen V. I did. You check gotta. It out. Oh, you, you it checked out. it out. You checked, I checked it out. It out okay, okay. Today. Okay. Good. good. I, I got a lot. I'm excited about it. And we learned that you're an alumni, and as well as the rest of the seven are alumni. Uh-huh. Of of uh, of Godolkin High School. Godolkin uh, oh, University. Godolkin University. University. Yes, yeah. yeah. Godolkin U. Wow. Yeah, That's man. So cool. God you. <laughs> God you. <laughs> God you. <laughs> how did you like? Was, how did you like being a part of the spinoff? Oh, it was great, yeah. you know, because it's, it's its own entity, and they have their own cast, and, you know, they were very welcoming, and mm-hmm. you know, it was just nice to, to meet them, for one, and talk to them, and sort of share what my experience has been like in this universe, yes. and sort of hear about what they've been up to, right. you know, and then um, get to play on camera with them, so it was cool. Yeah, that is yeah. amazing, and uh, before we uh, conclude, any other projects that we can... Uh, promote or talk about yet nothing on camera um okay. i've been building out a production arm so i've been you know looking for original uh ip and oh, all that wow. kind of stuff okay. yeah and, and see what kind of stuff i can get behind and tell some stories myself so be on the lookout for that that would be absolutely dope yeah, yeah. very cool that's absolutely. cool to expand like even behind the scenes as a producer yeah right? yeah yeah exactly as a producer it might start might start thinking about okay. directing one day. Got to start shadowing all right. and all that kind of stuff, but well, that's way, way down the well, road. There you go, guys. A-Train. Check him out in The Boys. Check him out in Gen V <laughs> in that first episode. Check and uh, Check us out. And uh, it was an incredible interview. This is our second interview with yeah. Jesse T. Usher. <laughs> and uh, before we let you go, if you could, let us know who you are. You're on Below the Belt Show. Oh, yeah. This is Jesse yeah. T. Usher, and you are watching Below the Belt Show, baby. And if you want to see Below the Belt, go see the Herogasm scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you don't want what's below that belt. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you do. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you, Thank you. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.